0: If you are a coach or an aspiring coach looking to gain more clients for your business, then you don't want to miss this free training that I'm teaching called How to Market Your Coaching Business Through Podcasting. I've been podcasting for over six years and I've helped many hundreds of ordinary people build extraordinary platforms that make impact and income through my company, Anchored Media, many of which are coaches. In this free training, you'll learn the number one thing that you need to do to position yourself as an expert, how to turn your listeners into paying clients, and how to sell on your platform without sounding salesy. The information you're going to learn in this class is the exact information that I use to market my multi six figure business, Anchor Media, and some of our clients coaching businesses who have made thousands from the Fashion North Academy by Jessica Williams, Supernaturally Paid by Raven Hokett, RX for Purpose by Dr. Charlotte Walker. Therapy as a Christian. So many podcasts have come through our wheelhouse from people who are coaches and have monetized their platforms. The best part about this class is that you don't even need a large following to gain the coaching clients through your podcast. I'm going to teach you a system that allow you to convert, whether you have one listen or a hundred listens. How many does not matter? What matters is your conversion. So click the link in our show notes to save your seat for this free podcast training for coaches happening on on Wednesday, February 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, the link is in the show notes. Let's start the show. You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny His way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. This episode is one that is very stretching for me personally. Um, I always get the message from the podcast in my prayer time. I, I mean, it's been 60 years of this where I don't get on this microphone. I don't like to open my mouth and just be talking, right? This show has not grown to be what it is because of the brilliance of me. Now, I know what I'm doing when it comes to podcast marketing and things of that nature, However, but when, when it comes to just truly connecting with you guys as individuals, there's over this podcast reaches over 300,000 people a month, and there's no reason other than God and his omnipresence that one message can impact that many people at the same time and in specific ways. And I don't take any credit for how the impact, and an impact not just in numbers or money or anything like that, but the impact of how this show has been transformative to so many lives is 100% because it is Holy Spirit led. And I vow to God when it comes to my business, opening my mouth, every single thing that I do that it's not about me. And sometimes it gets to the point where I have to open my mouth and communicate a message in spite of me. And this is one of those episodes where um, I'm uncomfortable. I don't want to talk about what I'm talking about on this episode, but I have to be obedient because I know better than to try to procrastinate or negotiate my way out of what the specific things that God is telling me to do or talk about. My flesh wanted to put it off, because after God's told me to, you know, it's time to deliver, to tell this story, essentially, it's not even about the message, it's about a specific testimony of mine. When God told me to uh, share this, I'm like, well, how? Cause I was actually thinking about different videos and things that I need to record. And he was like, T- tell it on the podcast. And so here I am, ironically enough, I got that instruction on Friday and Friday is when I usually record the podcast and I was sitting there contemplating like, should I just record an episode this week and then do tell this story next week? And then I was like, nah, (laughs) cute, cute try Tatum, but no. We are going to obey and we're going to obey quickly. And I felt just a sense of urgency to just go ahead and get it done. Um, because it comes to a point when you delay obedience, that you're essentially delaying your own destiny. And I know better at this point. And so I wanted to just preface this by telling you guys that I'm uncomfortable because I believe it's a misconception that when God is calling you to do something that it has to be something you're excited about or something that's easy or something that you're qualified and equipped to do. no. Because if you, if it was simple, if it was easy, if you were excited about it, if you were qualified for it, then how would God get the glory? So if you're not dealing with the issue that I'm going to talk about specifically today, I just hope that my obedience, despite my discomfort, will give you the freedom to be able to obey whatever it is that God is calling you to do or tell parts of your testimony that may be uncomfortable that he's calling you to tell. So this podcast specifically is for those who are believing in God for a child. If you know anybody who is believing in God to do a miracle in their womb, believing in God to tell their story, to expand their family, send this episode to them because God specifically told me that there are some people who needed to be free in this particular area of their life. And so he wanted me to just talk about this today. Now, I've been open about my journey to motherhood, but I've always stopped the story at the birth of my son because by nature, I am a private person. I understand I have a platform. I share the things that God's called me to share, but I do maintain a sense of privacy. I have my boundaries. You guys know I said for years that I believe in building a brand. With boundaries. I'm not an open book. I share what is necessary to share for whatever God is calling me to do. And most other things I like to keep to myself. That's just my nature. And even when I know that there's a certain aspect of my story that I'm going to have to share, my preference It's to not tell about a scar until it's healed. Time has gone by. My skin has grown back and you don't even know it's there. I don't like to tell things in real time. I would prefer to tell them later, but I believe that this is another test for me. This is a stretching for me. This is something that God is needing me to be obedient with. And as I've said before, I know better. So despite how I feel and my preferences and my discomfort, I'm going to just do what God is telling me to do. Regardless, I could deal with my feelings on the back end. That is a posture and a system that I believe has gotten me this far. And it's one that's going to get me to whatever God has for me next. But that doesn't make it easy. Now, again, this podcast is specifically for those who are going through uh, who are believing in God to grow their family. Now, again, I've talked about my story. I'm not going to retell it. Uh, if you don't have my book, She is Uncompromising. I talk about being uncompromising as it related to expanding my family. And I've told the stories on the podcast. I've wrote it in the book. So I'm not even going to retell um, the first half of my journey to becoming a mother, but I'm going to pick up on the second half. So before we get into that part, let me just share a quick announcement. I am pregnant. I am 20 weeks pregnant with a baby boy and I am tearing up. Oh God, hormones. Let me reel it in. Okay, I'm good. Had to pause the recorder for a second and pull myself together. Um, But I am 20 weeks pregnant. So my husband and I are so excited to expand our family. We are so grateful for God just being God. And yeah, I'm due in early June. I am very, very, very excited about this. Um, I've been keeping it to myself, of course. I don't think I announced my pregnancy with my son until well into like the third trimester because your girl couldn't breathe. (laughs) I was like, I can't even record these podcasts because I cannot get through an episode. And I was like, listen, Hey y'all, I'm pregnant. I'm finna go on maternity leave. Cause I can't do this right now, <laughs> but um, I can still breathe. I'll be out of breath a lot, but I can still breathe. Um, but God told me that it was time and it was time to announce. And it was time to tell the second half of the story because of some people who need to get free in this area. So after I had my son, My husband and I, maybe a year or so afterwards, we started trying for a second baby. I always known that I've wanted about three or four children. My husband didn't have a specific number. He just, you know, wanted more than one. And so I was like, um, maybe about a year or so after we got adjusted to being parents, we got adjusted to just the system and the way that our life worked as parents and as working parents and building these businesses and all of that, we were ready to start trying for another child. It took a really, really long time to even conceive. So it took about, we started trying in July of 2021. I remember because that's when um, our marriage anniversary is. So we were like, let's just go ahead and, you know, do this. (laughs) And that's what we did. And um, that was in July, 2021. So around December, nothing. I was like, what's going on? How come I haven't gotten pregnant yet? So around that time, I was like, okay, well, maybe I started looking into different ways to conceive naturally, you know, join different, trying to conceive communities to try to figure out like, all right, am I, you know, is my timing off? Like, what is it? I was just having sex (laughs) often enough to where I should have been pregnant. But what I had realized after just educating myself a bit was the times I weren't having sex were the times that I was ovulating. And so I just I was assuming that the apps that I tracked my cycle on were right and they weren't. So I made that slight adjustment with learning when exactly do I ovulate and learning more about my body. Now, once I did that, we conceived immediately in like January, I think January or February. Now uh, that pregnancy ended in a miscarriage and then I went on to have another miscarriage in May or June. And then it was in August or September where I conceived the child that I'm carrying now. Now, it's interesting that the timeline mirrors similarly the timeline of the number of miscarriages, the times of the miscarriages, and then the time of conceiving my successful pregnancy. It mirrors the same as the process with my son. Now, during this time, I was extremely, extremely frustrated. And specifically frustrated with God, because I had thought that that chapter of my life was closed with the the birth of my son. I didn't expect that I would be on this journey again, trying to conceive another child. And you would think that, okay, the same faith that got me to the birth of my son will get me to the birth of my next child. Like going through this before would make it easier this time. But if I'm being completely honest, it didn't make it easier at all. What it did was make made me a lot more frustrated and angry because I'm like, god, what what we doing? Why why does it feel like we're going backwards here? I've seen what you can do. I've ex- I've seen what you can do in other people's lives. I've seen what you've done in mine. Why are we back here? And what was pretty interesting in this time too was God allowed this process to look a bit different. Than my son. So in my previous, I told you guys with uh, my journey to having my first son, I, God told me like no testing, nothing, just trust him. And he was going to bring my child here. This time around, I'm like, okay, God, how are we doing this? I know that it's in your will for me to have more children. So what does this journey look like? And even in my frustration, I was just trying my best to focus on God and focus on the victory so that I could hear him clearly on what the process is going to look like. My husband and I were talking this morning and not even about this, but he was just telling me how, you know, he was out walking a dog and he was just had this vision where it was like this long path and at the other, like far, far, far down the street he could see the victory. Like he could see like this, like God winning this war against whatever. But that distance between the victory and where he was standing was full of so much opposition. It was full of so the enemy planting so, much, so many seeds of doubt and confusion and sending obstacles and distractions and counterfeit and all of these things to make it seem like the victory isn't there. And that was so good to me because it's our job we know the end result because we have the word, right? We know the end result because we know what the, the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross means for us. We have so many, Uh, so much evidence and proof of God's promises in his word. We know that the victory is ours, but the enemy is so freaking good at getting us frustrated in the process to where we lose sight of the end goal. And so for some of you guys, whether you're believing in God for a child or you're believing in God for anything though, as when you're in that space of today and the victory manifesting itself it is your job to fight tooth and nail to keep the victory top of mind, to to see past everything the enemy is trying to put in your face and holding on to that promise. And so for me, the the, the biggest part of this fight and every fight in my life is to make sure that I'm maintaining my tunnel vision onto the victory and batting away these things that the enemy tries to put in front of me. And so I I remember just sitting on my floor in my room multiple times. I think I kind of hurt my hand a little bit after the second miscarriage because I tossed something, I hit something, but I got so angry, so angry. I was like, God, I don't understand. Why? Why do we have to go through this? I'm tired of going through this. And then I still got to pick myself up and I got things to do. I got a team to tend to, a business for you to build, a podcast that I got to come and communicate what you call me to communicate. I don't have time to be down, but I'm still angry though. Right? And so, but I couldn't let my anger dictate my obedience and my commitment to God or allow my anger to make me so intoxicated that I'm losing track of the victory and the promise. And so every time, and this is a rule of thumb that I have in my life, and I'm hoping that you take it as one for yours as you face various battles, is that acknowledge how you feel, but stand on what you know. So no matter how much I cry, I fuss, I hit stuff, I throw things, like I really was tearing my room up. I was pissed. I pull myself up and say, you know what, God, not my will, but let your will be done. And then I have to just move on and not moving on in a sense to where you're negating your feelings, right? I'm not talking about sweeping stuff under the rug. Like I was in therapy, I had people who was praying for me. Um, I had, you know, people I entrust who prayed for me and prayed with me when I was having down moments. You know, I had uh, just, I have great people in my life. I'm sitting there pouring my heart out to my therapist, various things that really just helped me persevere. Because again, long suffering is the fruit of the spirit. And and even though it hurts, and even though I, I was suffering, I was suffering but still obedient and suffering to see through to uh receive the promise of God so i'm still in alignment even though it don't feel good and that's still something to rejoice in and so i'm asking god what is the plan what do you need for me in this moment you said when i was trying to have my son don't get any testing is that still the case now and so god gave me the green light to go and get uh, fertility testing done. I go find a great clinic. Like this place was wonderful. Found a great clinic um, in my area. Got all the testing done. Nothing wrong with me. And I, I was happy to know there was nothing wrong with me, but also kind of like, okay, well, <laughs> still, like that don't solve my issue, right? And so they start telling me the different choices. They're like, you know, honestly... The only, the best path forward to get you to having more children, the best path forward would be IVF because that way, you know, we believe that there may just be some genetic issues, just some scientific chromosomal mix-ups to where the embryos are not able to fully develop the way that they should to sustain a healthy pregnancy. And so that's what caused the recurrent losses. So the way to overcome that is to do IVF. They told me the process, they told me the price. Oh baby the price. <laughs> they told me the price, they told me the process and I know how I was a good candidate for it and how um, they believe that I would be able to get a good amount of doctor even said, you know, I believe we can get you 6 to 8 healthy embryos so that even when you're, you know, you have um, this next child, when you're ready to have more, you can just freeze the embryos. And when you're ready to have more children, then we can just skip straight to the transfer process. And so what was interesting is not only were they finding, were they presenting me with a solution that seemed like the easy, a lot easier than the way I had been doing it, but they also presented me with a solution that could potentially Uh, help me not be in this situation again. And I was, it was a very, very tempting situation. And so I was like, okay, let me think about it. And then I'll get back to you. Now, I believe that God has, can, and will move mightily in a spontaneous pregnancy, which is one that happens, uh, quote unquote, the old fashioned way, of you know, just having sex and then nature does its thing. I believe that God can move in any type of fertility treatment. I believe that God can move through adoption. I believe that God is not limited to his miracles happening in one specific way. And so what I needed though, was God, what is the way for me? Because yes, I want this. But I want this the way that you have it for me. I'm not, when I tell you guys I'm uncompromising, I'm not just uncompromising as it relates to success or um, joy or total life harmony. I'm uncompromising about the who he saw before he formed me in my mother's womb. I'm uncompromising about not just the promise, but the destination to get to that promise. I didn't give my life to God for me to just... For me to have shortcuts or anything like that, despite if that's the easiest path for me. I want to go through life the way I I want God to say, well done. I want to die empty. I want to fulfill everything that he's called me to fulfill in the way in which that he's called me to fulfill it. And I'm just unrelenting in that. And so I, in my prayer time, I had prayed, my husband and I fasted because I was like, I have to know what is the way for me. But this is why, this is another example of why it's so important to be sober and be vigilant as the word tells us to, because emotions and our anxieties and our excitement about what we want can cloud our ability to hear from God. And in this season where I was thinking about it, praying about it, waiting to hear from God on it. I thought I heard from God so many times and it was so confusing. One day I thought I heard God say, uh, do IVF. One day I heard God say, uh, wait. One day I heard God say, do IVF. One day I heard God say, wait. And it was confusing. And I know that God is not the author of confusion. So if I'm hearing conflicting things, that means that I'm not hearing from God. And so I decided that I'm not doing anything. Until I hear for certain what the answer is from God. And I and in my prayer time I say, you know what, Lord, I am very confused. I think I hear this. I think I hear that. I know that this is a highly emotional thing for me. So I'm not trusting any of this right now. Like I it's it's too much going on. And I know for a fact that this my fertility journey is bigger than me. The foundation of both of my sons' existence will be faith and trust in the Lord. It's it's way bigger than me. And so I was like, okay, God, this is an emotional subject for me. So here's here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I said I'm not making any decision until I know without a shadow, shadow of a doubt that in my heart, that this is whichever way it is, that this is the thing that you want me to do. And so I need you to make it undeniable for me because I'm not trusting the usual ways that I hear from you. And I left it at that. I stopped praying about it, to be honest, like, because at this point, I'm just waiting for the answer from God. It ain't really nothing else to talk about. I'm going to do whatever it is that he wants me to do, no matter how hard it is. I don't, I can do hard things. Hard things don't intimidate me. Recording this podcast and telling y'all all all of this is hard. It ain't going to stop me though. (laughs) IVF would have been hard. It wasn't going to stop me. Waiting for God and having the risk of continuing to experience losses would have been hard, but I wasn't going to stop. I can do hard things. It's just a matter of what hard thing is the thing that God has for me. So I I told you guys this story, but I didn't give you the specifics of what it was, but I, I was at a conference and, um, I was just there to serve. Wasn't, it had nothing to do with fertility, nothing. I wasn't, I was just like there to, to volunteer. Like I wasn't even there for, to speak or anything like that. And I was just there to support. So as I was serving, I'm praying to myself at one point in time, just speaking in tongues. I remember like it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Don't do IVF. And I knew it was God because again, I wasn't thinking about it. I was at this conference for that's about something totally different. I was there to just help and, you know, support and serve in any way that I could. And I was like, okay, I, this is it. And I knew it. And so I immediately came into agreement with it. I texted my husband. I said, we're not doing um, IVF. He texted me back. Okay, cool. And I I sent him the text with the little gavel emoji. He texted me back. Okay, cool. And I love my husband because we'd be on the same page. It's like whatever, whatever God say, that's what we're going to do. You know, that's it. And, but me sending him that text meant that I, I was coming into agreement with what I knew God had finally given me my answer on. And I really wish I could tell you it was this supernatural, the sky open and it was this, this rapture of thunder. And I heard an audible voice. It wasn't that. I wish I could tell you that some prophet that I didn't know came up to me and said that you're not. And honestly I probably wouldn't that would have been something I would have been skeptical of if somebody else was the came and give me the answer because I don't I don't play that people profile all the time. But um it was a certainty in my heart that IVF was not my path forward. And me coming into agreement was telling my husband because up until this point all the back and forth that I was experiencing I didn't communicate it to him cuz I didn't I I understand and know how my husband trusts the God in me. And so I didn't want to bring any confusion to him and be like, God said, we doing IVF. Cause he would have been like, all right, if, if, or God said, we not doing IVF. He'd have been like, all right, either way, he would have been like, okay, if that's what God told you, that's what we want to do. So I didn't want to bring that to him. I wanted to wait until I was certain. And so when I got that certainty in my heart, that that's not the way for us, I told him and he said, okay, cool. Left it at that. A few weeks later, I found out I'm pregnant. What was so wonderful about how God doesn't let anything go, like how all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. God is so good that, because one of my questions was, okay, God, but why do we have to do all of that though? Like, because sometimes I don't, listen, maybe this is just me, but I feel like sometimes God can be a little dramatic and extra. Is Is it just me? Cause I feel like sometimes it really don't take all of this. (laughs) I remember like when I read the New Testament sometimes and listening to how Jesus was talking, I'm like, he knew I couldn't have been alive at that time. Cause I'd have been like, Jesus, what you saying? Like, can you can you just be flat out? Can we not tell the stories? Can we just be frank? Cause like it's a lot of roundabout ways to get to what you're saying right now. Like I I feel like he could just be extra. And so I was like. Okay, God, but why do we have to do all of that? Like, why did I go through all these treatments? And I didn't I I didn't have to pay a lot because my insurance covered everything, thank God. So I, I wasn't like wasting money or anything like that. But I'm like, God, what why do we have to do all of that? It just seemed like it was unnecessary to take all these trips out to Tysons. The place I went to was in Tyson's Quarter, Virginia. Um, and I live in Maryland. It's not that far, but it's it's a little drive to just be taken. Multiple, because I was going every other day because the testing had to be done certain uh, times in your cycle. So I was back and forth up the Woodrow Wilson Bridge, (laughs) which is the bridge that goes from Maryland to Virginia. But I ended up remembering that, you know, the clinic was like, you know, in the process of this, as you're thinking about it and all of that, if you guys conceive naturally or spontaneously, I'm not going to say naturally, because I don't want to be offensive to anyone who Uh, uses scientific methods. I don't want to say that's not natural. So I'm gonna say spontaneous. Um, They say, if you are, if you conceive spontaneously, you can call us and we'll get like monitor you and things like that early now with the OB's office they usually don't see you until like week 8 or 9 for your first appointment and all of my losses were relatively early and my doctor's office my OB's office wasn't particularly helpful um in this aspect of my journey they're great once i you know was able to have a pregnancy that was going to term but Prior to that, they weren't much help, but the fertility clinic specialized in women with fertility issues. So I go and they're like, okay, well, let's do some blood work. So I call them, tell them I had the, I had a positive pregnancy test. They do blood work. So I got my first round of blood work done. It was like, okay, cool. You know, these are baseline numbers. So I want you to come back in two days because ideally we want to see this HCG, which is the pregnancy hormone. We want to see this number double. So I'm praying, I'm praying, you know, I got the people that love me who pray, who have been, uh, just excellent support systems for me during this time. I'm telling them what's going on. So they praying and I go back two days later, I'm like, all right, y'all, we praying for a number to, do- these numbers to double. We praying for these numbers to double. So they called me and they say, uh, you know, great news. Your number quadrupled. I'm like, oh, let's go. God. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, Uh, Even after that, I was able to, I think right at six weeks, I had my first ultrasound. We were able to see the yolk sac, the teeny, teeny, tiny (laughs) baby um, embryo, whatever the clinical term is at that time, this teeny, tiny baby, um, the yolk sac. And we were able to see the heartbeat, which is exciting because that's kind of early to see that. So it was up or down. Um And just every week after that, I was able to continue to go back and get ultrasounds to just make sure that the baby was measuring until I uh, graduated to go see my OB. Because with the fertility clinics, they can't see you while you're under OB care. So they monitor you up until whatever the um point is that your OB will see you. So for mine, they'll see me at like eight weeks. And so they monitor me from soon as I knew I had that positive pregnancy test up until the appointment with my OB and I'm so grateful for that place because previously I was essentially a nervous anxious wreck until my OB appointment and unfortunately you know before that appointment is when I experienced all my losses but I felt so alone and felt like I had no support because nobody really understands this specific journey that many women go through And I noticed early on, even a lot of like the trying to conceive communities, they're very fear and anxiety driven. And I was on a faith journey. So of course I was experiencing fear and anxiety, but I didn't want to be in an environment that enabled that. I wanted to build my faith. And so I had to even break away from a lot of that to keep my mind clear, to stay sober and stay vigilant. And so uh, I was so grateful that God allowed me to connect with that place because they not only assured me and monitored the early stages of my pregnancy, but they helped me mentally as well. They understood the anxiety that I was experiencing. So the way that they talked to me just really build me up. It was just such a, God just don't. He cared, of course, about bringing this promise to fruition, but he also cared about my emotions throughout it. And he just It was such a blessing because again, I was like, God, I feel like this is dramatic. Why did I have to go through a lot of this testing and all of this stuff? You know, if that wasn't, if the, if any type of intervention wasn't what you have for me, but he allowed me to go through that so that I could have a care team that could affirm me and assure me that the promise was manifesting before I was able to get to the doctor. And that's something I didn't have before. And I was so grateful. I was so grateful. And so here we are 20 something weeks later at the halfway point of this pregnancy where I'm telling you this story. Some of you guys are just believing in God for him to expand your family, whether it's your first child, your next child, the place that he brought me to before he told me to tell the story on the show was Luke 145. And that's actually going to be the name of this episode. So Luke 145 says, you are blessed because you believe the Lord will do what he said. This was highlighted in my Bible when I was going through it. Um, I wrote this down in first person in my Bible. I am blessed because I believe the Lord will do what he said. And I'm blessed in the area of expanding my family. I'm blessed in my business. I'm blessed because I believe God. And so some of you guys, you have to fight to believe God for this particular area of your life. It's already written. And I have a a, a prayer that I wrote out to help remind myself of the promise when the enemy tried to, to allow my emotions to intoxicate me. So if you are believing in God for a child and, and uh, you want this particular prayer, it's something I wrote out for me so that I ain't have to think about it. When I ain't had a strength to pray, I could just read what I already wrote. I'm going uh put the link in the show notes where you can download it. I'm going to just give it to you. It's all scripture. It's literally just a prayer full of scripture. Um, but Some of you guys, you have to believe that you are blessed because the Lord will do what he said. And you're not blessed once the promise is fulfilled. You're blessed right now because it's already written. The victory is already established. You're just in this place of... What, you, what you're waiting for. You're in this season where you haven't seen the promise manifest itself yet. And so you're allowing all of the distractions and the mental torment and the anxiety and the isolation that the enemy throws at us during this time to get to you. But I, I really want to encourage you as somebody who understands to fight for the promise and, and hold this scripture dear to your heart. Read Mary's story, read Hannah's story and understand that you are blessed now. I was telling a friend about how God was telling me it's time to announce my pregnancy and tell this part of the story. And um, I told her specifically um, how I landed at Luke 145. And so she is a Bible nerd, so <laughs> she is always going to find the translations and all of that. But she has sent me just this commentary that is in this um, Bible software that she has for Luke forty one forty five. Again, the scripture says, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. So this is a slightly different translation than what I originally said. It says that blessed is another word for the Greek word perfect, and it means the uh, ongoing result of the finished action. Emphasis on finished. It extends the abiding significance of a completed action into the present. In plain English, it says it stresses the ongoing result of Christ's finished work of the cross, still extending. It's blessed power for all coming to the foot of the cross. So you're not believing in something that is to come, right? In this season, it's such a a misconception that we're waiting on the promise to be proven. It's already finished. So we're blessed right now. Because the work has already been completed. We're blessed right now because since the work was completed on the cross, our bodies are already healed. We're blessed right now because the word says in Psalm 128 and three, that I will be a fruitful vine within my house and my children like olive shoots around the table. I'm blessed right now because it is written that because we worship the Lord, we won't miscarry or be barren in his land we are blessed right now because it is written that when we conceive, we will bring our child to the point of birth and delivery. So we're not blessed because of something that hasn't happened yet. We're blessed because it's already written and we will see the impact of that promise in his timing. And so again, God wanted me to come on here and share this with you. I have a prayer that I'm going to put in and I feel God just wanted me to just take care of it right now. So I'm I'm going to pray over you the same prayer that I prayed over myself. If you want this prayer, you can click the link in the show notes um, and I'll just put the Google doc I created for myself there for you to download. Um, but I, I hope that this bless who was supposed to bless <laughs> again This wasn't my preference to come on here and tell my business. I I knew I was going to tell it eventually, just wasn't trying to do it right now. But um, I am grateful um, that God has just blessed my family and and brought this pregnancy this far. And I'm excited to share the journey now that the cat's out the bag (laughs) to share the journey on places like my YouTube channel and and things like that. So I'm going to say this prayer because this is going long. And then again, it'll be in the show notes for you. So for any of you guys who are struggling with this, I want you to anoint your womb and just stand in agreement with me. Lord, your word says in Ephesians 6.12 that for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false argument. I exercise that power and authority that is given to me by you right now to cancel any plans of the enemy for the reproductive health, future pregnancies, deliveries, and postpartum period of anybody that's under the sound of my voice right now. I destroy every power obstacle that keeps people from knowing God and we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. I take captive every seed planted by the enemy of doubt, frustration, and impatience as it relates to their fertility and and reproductive health. God, you have given us the authority to cast out devils in your name. You have given us as your disciples power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. So we exercise that authority right now to destroy any known or unknown, identified or unidentified disease that wants to rob us of the promise of children. Elohim, as I pray, I stand strong in you and your mighty power to heal and bless the wombs of everybody that's under the sound of my voice. As they anoint anoint their wombs, allow them to exercise the same faith of Sarah, the faith that embraced your miracle power to conceive, even though she was barren and was past the age of childbearing, For the authority of her faith rested in the one who made the promise and she tapped into your faithfulness. We tap into that same faithfulness today, God. I thank you that these women have praying husbands because just as Isaac and Zachariah prayed for their wives to have a child, so has ours prayed for us. And just as you answered their prayers, I thank you that you will answer the prayers of everyone's husbands under the sound of my voice. Remember them like you remembered Rachel. You listened to her and enabled her to conceive. I thank you, God, that they will be fruitful vines within their homes and their children like olive shoots around the table. It is written that because we worship you, we won't miscarry or be barren in your land. And I thank you, God, that when they conceive, you will bring their child to the point of birth and deliver her. I pray that they shall wait for you, Lord, that their whole being shall wait for you. In your word, let them put their hope. I thank you that they will be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. It is written, God, that whatever we ask for in prayer, believe that we have received it and it will be ours. So glory to you, God, in advance for the children that you will bless them with. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. So. Again, I put this scripture in the show notes. Um, It's written in the first person, so you literally can read it. I was changing it up a bit because I was praying for y'all. But yeah, that's it for this episode. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week.